No shortage of volatility in this earnings season. Let's talk some stocks. George Tillis joins us. Broadcom, Costco, and Gap on our radar. As I mentioned, Marvell, another chip maker, moved lower in the aftermarket. But Broadcom's going to offset that with a little bit of a bounce here. A bigger company, George, and uh, what's been a pretty great trade for the most part uh, throughout the last year. Broadcom and its connections, not just to Apple and devices, but uh, the way it has continued to uh, build on its offerings and become a little bit more of a, a nimble growth uh, business. I mean, just solid execution for the company, and this uh, just another quarter that exemplifies it. Look, like when it comes to Broadcom uh, OJ, I mean, the stock is down about 11% year to date. It's gone in sympathy with the market. It's actually performed better than the market overall, and they just continue to perform and, and expand their offerings. And we talk about vertically integrated behemoths. You got to got to consider Broadcom as one of these top 10 Nasdaq 100 companies. I think it's in the top 10. It has to be in terms of its size and scale. But they continue to to offer more semiconductor solutions, their chipsets, which are used in wireless and wired broadband, 5G, uh, you know, cable internet, if you will, but also so software services, uh, as well as security. Uh, anything that's tied now to enterprise resource management is the value area of the software spectrum, as well as security. And that's where I think now Broadcom is shining. And, and just another quarter, just kind of exemplify what's going on. You know, EPS came in around $8.39. The expectation was 8.13, so they beat it. Now, the number they beat was expected to rise 23% year over year. Top line sales also came in 7.9 billion, uh, better than the 7.61 beat uh, relative to the estimate. And again, that's uh, considerably higher considering 7.4 billion last quarter. So I just think if you look at, you know, this business, this company, uh, it's gotta be in the top, you know, five year uh, your uh, picks when it comes down to solidified uh, infrastructure-based companies that inclusively uh, include, of course, uh, uh, wired and wireless chipsets uh, that are acute, that are used in, of course, uh, consumer consumer applications, but also enterprise applications, data centers, as well as software from enterprise resource management and security. Okay, uh, George, uh, thinking about uh, the way the stock uh, has performed next to Apple. Today, Apple is pretty firm throughout the session. Broadcom also outperformed the semiconductors, too. Uh, these so far have been at least uh, protected. They haven't been rallying, uh, but they haven't been getting crushed in the way that many of those high-octane growth names have been. Uh, should we generally expect that to continue? Because uh, even just looking at the chart for Broadcom, there's no trend here. Broadcom sold off, and it's gone sideways since, so it's not giving nearly the same bearish signal as other companies out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. So, you know, everyone may have looked at Snowflake. I mean, if you just look at the, the value component, and I'll address that question in just a sec, OJ. Snowflake was trading around 75 times trailing sales and 63 times forward sales. That took a huge hit. That was still lofty in terms of valuation, at least the price of sales multiple. Now, if you look at Broadcom, you know, the company is extremely profitable, over 23% net profits. Uh, if you look at gross margins in the 60, high 60% range, now that's huge, not just for a software company, that's huge for a manufacturer of anything uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, technical or technology-based equipment. They're only trading around eight times uh, trailing and seven times forward. So there is an implied, you know, premium uh, built into the stock in terms of it being more defensive in nature. Now, to answer your question, OJ, I think the title turn. And what I mean by this is, 
we got to give this market a little more room. Uh, I think that we're the Bears are still in control, but I think what will happen is we come out of this prolonged correction, which I can't say exactly when it'll happen. We may see a preference for high multiple growth stocks once again, and it might be short lived, but I do think there will be a pretty significant rally in that spectrum of the technology space. That's not to say that you won't see it uh, see a sort of a broad participation inclusive of the, the larger market cap stocks. But you also have to think about the aspects of companies like Apple and Broadcom. They're so cash rich and they have such uh, you know, you know, durable competitive advantage that these stocks could actually be used as cash piles. In other words, people with institutional investors may sell them to buy some of these growth centric stocks as this uh, market broadens out because it has not been broad. Every stock pretty much is down not everyone, but you know what I mean, the majority are, mm -hmm. but the weakest have been essentially the higher growth areas of the, of the technology spectrum. We may see them outperform on this rebound, and therefore, again, some of these value stocks like Broadcom in the technology space uh, may perform, but may underperform mm. because of the fact that uh, there may be a preference for higher beta names going forward. Now, I can't say mm. exactly when. The That's if market sentiment turns. Well. The market sentiment will turn. I have a feeling it's happening sooner than later, but doesn't mean mm. we can't retest the lows or even hit new lows between now and let's say a few weeks from now. All right. Uh, interesting, George. Uh, okay. Let's um, talk Costco here, GT. Near and dear to your heart, we know. Uh, and uh, we see that uh, Costco up at 53, uh, 533 coming into the report. Very close uh, to recent highs. Great stock lately. Uh, what do you see, George, when you look at this? Uh, are earnings going to be enough to keep this uh, rally going? Well, let me see, because I'm not really sure on this one, OJ. The reason I say this is is because they did beat on earnings, and, and it looks like top-line sales. Mm -hmm. The market is kind of wishy-washy, and I think it has to do with valuation. But just looking at the numbers overall, you know, you see a 36% increase in EPS relative to about 16% sales. Both beats. Okay, that's good. The number on earnings, 272 is the estimate. Revenue, 51.5, 51.9, almost $52 billion versus the uh, 51 and a half. So they marginally beat on revenue. But I think what's going on with Costco, it might be a valuation issue. Uh, I don't think it's an issue with the aspects of Costco providing value, especially when it comes down to everything that has to do with inelastic demand, you know, you know, sundries, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, raw goods. When it comes down to, of course, consumable items, they sell everything, including, of course, fuel uh, in sort of a one-stop shop environment yep. has been extremely a uh, good performer since the pandemic and after. But I did notice that it's trading at quite a lofty valuation on a trailing basis around 43 times uh, earnings. It's historical is between uh, 25 and 30. Wow. So it is a little bit lofty from a value standpoint. So maybe we see sort of a, a little bit of a pause in Costco stock because earnings growth has significantly underperformed price. In other words, your peg ratio or price earnings growth Seems have gotten a little bit out of line in the last couple of quarters. Mm. Okay, and George, when you say out of line, you mean that the earnings haven't quite kept up? Yes. Okay. So the stock's getting more and more expensive. I'm not saying it's a bad stock. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad company, for heaven's sakes, no. I think, I think if you can just consider the stock performance relative to maybe – other stocks out there, you know, not necessarily in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, in the areas of consumer staples. Mm -hmm. There may be better investments out there. That's all I'm okay. Because Target Chart looks pretty good too, and they had a big rally after their earnings as well. So there's a little bit of uh, similarity. Uh, Walmart too has been pretty solid. I mean, I don't think any of these stocks uh, have been as robust as Costco. 
uh, as it does have that unique strategy. And to see their e-commerce side, digital sales growing at roughly the same pace as their total company sales, e-commerce sales up 12.5% versus total sales up 14.5%. Uh, Costco struggled on that front for a while trying to figure out how that was going to work for them. So that's a pretty decent number, I think. Yeah, and look, let me just address that valuation one more time. Mm -hmm. OJ, again, if you look at Target, which had a phenomenal report and is, is continuing to move to the upside, the valuation multiple on that one was not very rich. In other words, it was in the high teens, and that's where it is, historically speaking, on a okay. five-year average. So I think that's why there may be a preference right now for a Target versus a Costco. I'm not saying overall bad business, bad store, uh, not to mention – you know, uh, you know, I think it, it, what we're trying to say is, is basically it's a valuation issue, not necessarily anything else. Okay. George, uh, thanks, sir, for the analysis. Uh, Costco in the aftermarket uh, cooling off a tiny bit. Um, but, uh, hey, there's another retailer. Gap is actually up. We didn't get to that one today, but we'll talk about it in the a.m. as Gap is rallying here this afternoon, trying to break away from some of the other weakness uh, that we see in uh, Marvell still down. And uh, as we mentioned with uh, Broadcom, a little bit better there, but also has pulled back a tiny bit, about five bucks, about 10 bucks from that initial pop.